everybody. Welcome back to Popcorn for Dinner. This is Jeff. And Kelly. I uh, hope you had a nice uh, nice holiday, nice Christmas. Certainly hope you didn't spend your Christmas day doing what we just did. Yeah. This week, we are going to talk about the uh, the 2003 monstrosity <laughs> that is Dreamcatcher. Yeah. Had you had you ever heard anything about this before? Like, like is, I, has this been on your radar at all? I knew it was a movie that existed, mainly <laughs> because it was sitting in your DVD collection. Yes, yes, it was. <laughs> this was one of the rare ones that I've owned. <laughs> it was, it was definitely a, uh, a like. It's Stephen King, so therefore mm-hmm. I'll probably like it. Or, or I, I think what's more likely is that as a kid, I like forced myself to like it because <laughs> I like Stephen King. You know, yeah. when you're at that age where you can't really decide, you can't really, mm-hmm. you can't let something you like have a bad thing. Yeah. So it's like, no, it has to be good because I really yeah. like Stephen I, King. I really liked The Village when I was a kid. Yeah, like, I mean, like that one vi- I would put above this. Yes. Absolutely. The yes. Village is way better than this. Yeah, this, this was like a mind fuck of a movie. I'm I'm really intrigued to hear like just sort of how this story like hit you because <laughs> I for one obviously watched it multiple times as mm-hmm. a kid. I remember very very distinctly as soon as it happened in the movie I was like, "Oh, oh, that suddenly brought back a memory of <laughs> sitting around with friends and watching it and uh constantly rewinding it <clears throat> at that moment when uh Timothy Oliphant is having that drunken rant to the to the woman and he just like stops mid-sentence and goes like I gotta pee yeah. and gets up and like that's what's gotta happen that fucking killed to like that. 13 year old boys so we were like oh rewind that part again that moment killed for me too it's I mean it's Timothy Oliphant he's yeah, just he's so damn charming that that prompted one of my eight notes <laughs> eight notes eight uh and it was just my God, and I love Timothy Oliphant. But yeah, not not only having seen it a whole bunch, um, but I also read the book. I have the book; it's sitting right there, that big purple one. It's oh. like it's almost wow. seven hundred pages. It's a huge book. That is a huge book to be condensed into that movie. Yeah, exactly. That's a huge part of it too. Like I watched the movie first, mm-hmm. and then I eventually I got the book and I read it, and it's you know way different, right? And it explains way more stuff. And not only does it explain way more stuff. But the stuff that's in the movie that, like, they do use from the book mm-hmm. just doesn't work in a movie. And it's really, <laughs> really unfortunate. Like, it's a movie that should totally work on paper. Yes. If you don't know any of the actual details. First thing that I wrote down was Lawrence Kasdan directed this. He wrote um, Empire Strikes Back. Oh. And he's like a, he's like a big respected guy. So it was a big surprise that he was the one who directed this. I, I had never put it together before. <laughs> and then immediately after it is William Goldman wrote it because he wrote Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. He wrote A Few Good Men. He wrote okay. A Princess or he wrote The Princess Bride, both the book and then the film adaptation to it. Like he is a huge, awesome writer. So it's like, how the fuck did those two? Get, get like get this movie, especially <laughs> when you've then got Morgan Freeman, mm-hmm. you've got Tom Jane, Jason Lee, Timothy Oliphant, Damian Lewis, like on paper, even Tom Sizemore, who's kind of a lunatic anyway, <laughs> like uh, in real life. Damian Lewis is the redhead. Yeah, right? from uh, okay. from Band of Brothers. Yes, yeah. I love him. <laughs> like I've seen him in a few other things, and for whatever reason. Band of Brothers is the only one that ever sticks. <laughs> but 
every time I see him, I just I love I I love him. He's great. Mm-hmm. This was the movie that like introduced me to him. I, did, I had never seen him in anything before this. So it was like, oh, my God, this guy rocks. So anytime yeah. I see him, I'm like, oh, it's Jonesy. <laughs> That's all I think of is Jonesy. It was wild to, to sort of see how much of it I remembered and how much of it I didn't and what sort of came as surprises to me and what like yeah. was like, oh, yeah, here's that. <laughs> the big one that like totally blindsided me and I couldn't believe I forgot about it. I completely forgot about the memory warehouse concept oh. and about how much of the movie takes place in there. Yeah, that was... That was strange. That's a conceit that works on the page. That's that's yeah. something that when you're reading the book, like it's not a great book either. <laughs> Stephen King himself says that he doesn't like it anymore. Okay. But like in the book, that shit, the weird memory warehouse where it's like a physical location mm-hmm. with thing like papers and boxes and that kind of stuff, like it plays way better if it's your if it's your imagination mm-hmm. imagining his imagination you know that sort yeah. of thing but when it's a movie and you kind of have it's like we only we have to have a set yeah. so it has to have a distinct look to it and it can't be you know this sort of dreamy ethereal thing that it kind of mm-hmm. feels like in the in the book at least as far as i recall um but yeah that that doesn't really fly in the movie um and did their friendship seem like overly phony to you with how much like random inside joke crap they kept saying to each other to the point where it felt like it was just trying to beat you over the head with how much of friends they are? It seemed like they are each other's only friends. Like they they have no one else in their lives. And Well, the one guy is married. Jonesy is like married when he's on oh, the phone. Right. He says something about like he's going to go home and. Uh, to his wife and whatever right so like they at least some of them have something and i think pete mentions like an ex-wife at one point yeah and who knows if that's like just a joke or if that's a real thing Mm -hmm. but but in terms of how it feels i agree yeah because of how weird they are yeah like really super weird like (laughs) really old references have just stuck around yeah really and, uh, and all specific to that like first day or so i'm assuming (laughs) yeah they they don't go into the detail of how how they are as kids nearly enough to yeah to explain all the shit because like in the movie it's there's like there's like three scenes of them as kids i think like one where they save duddits mm -hmm. one where they go to save the girl Mm -hmm. one where there's only two (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, um, now I think about it. It might just be two. Because the one where they go to save the girl is the one where he gives them their powers. Yeah. And I think that's about where that ends. Yeah. Maybe there is just the two. Yeah. So it's like that's all you get Yeah. to explain their like crazy friendship that they wind up with all these weird sayings. Yeah. Like fuckeries and fuckaroos. And, yeah. Um. Oh, my God. What's the... I mean, obviously, the SSDD, the same shit, different day, which isn't mm. really that unique. It's not yeah. like no one else has ever thought of that. Yeah. Um, but there, there was another thing that they mentioned that was just like really super like specific to their weirdo friendship where it's like nobody would ever talk like this around real people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can only talk about this with the weird people who like share this, which I mean, I guess that's kind of the point they're getting at. Yeah. It's like their relationship is really fucking weird because... There's this alien, apparently, that has been living among them this whole time, and they didn't know about it and whatever. Yeah. 
we'll get the, we'll we'll get to that. Yeah, I'm assuming <laughs> there's billions of questions that you have. I there's um, nothing but questions, <laughs> <laughs> and I cannot promise that I will have the answers to all of them. That's okay. Um, I don't. But, I don't suspect anyone has the answers to all my questions. <laughs> um. So the, the the basic plot of the movie is there's these four guys, mm-hmm. friends forever, mm-hmm. um, who way in their past when they were kids. 20 years ago. 20 years ago, they saved this little, like, mentally disabled boy, uh, Douglas, that they called Duddits, because that's mm-hmm. how he pronounces his own name, which I guess isn't offensive, but at the same time seems almost kind of mocking a yeah. little bit. yeah. Like, he he doesn't think his name is Duditz. He thinks his name is Douglas, but he can't say it. Yeah. So you being like, yeah, what's up, Duditz? It's, it's, it does seem kind of shitty. Yeah. Um, I liked that when they toasted him in the in the cabin that Henry says to Douglas Cavell. Like, he, he announces him as a person. Yeah. <laughs> and not just, you know, Duditz, <laughs> that fucking freak. So they, they save this kid from bullies, and this kid is, like, really special, and he gives them these weird powers mm-hmm. that basically make them psychic yeah. Uh, and they kind of have some other little things. Pete does so. some weird thing with his finger to see where people go. So they get all these crazy weird powers and they don't really understand mm-hmm. how or why. They know that Duddits is special, but they there's that's that's one thing yeah. that's that's not explained at all in the movie is the fact that it's like so these kids meet this kid. Mm-hmm. They save him from a bully feeding him a dog turd. Mm-hmm. Um, which is apparently enough to this kid to for them to be like friends for life. Yeah. Oh wait, no, because then the beaver sings to <laughs> beaver, beaver sings to him, not the beaver. There's not a singing <laughs> beaver in this picture. Um, the character beaver. Yes. Because uh, he's always chewing on toothpicks. He sings him "Blue Bayou," which so that's like song connects all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though later referenced all over the movie, mm-hmm. um, and it's in the book too. It's all over the book as well. So they, you know, go on, they live their lives, they grow up, and they all have this power mm-hmm. that it doesn't seem like any of them are abusing. Yeah. Except for maybe Henry a little bit. Because one of my first notes, when it, you know, when it cuts into the movie, Henry's mm-hmm. the first one we meet, and he's mm-hmm. in a shrink's office yeah, talking to a guy, and he starts mentioning shit to him that he's never told him right like as, as part of his like therapy it's like mm-hmm. you think you killed your mother don't you he's like what i never told you that and he freaks out and storms out mm-hmm. and i was like that is the most terrifying profession for a psychic to have from yeah. the perspective of a normal person like if i'm a normal person and there are psychics out there i do not like the idea of them holding the position of therapist because you know it's like it, i guess it's like it's the best kind of therapist because it's like you you know it's like oh well i'm not i'm not going to mention that part but they know it anyway so they can mm-hmm. really tell you what's right mm-hmm. but it's also just a super fucked up invasion of privacy that i have a feeling i don't understand why he does why i don't understand how he has any patience and they don't all run out of the room like that guy as soon as he does something like that you know what i mean it seems like he just guess- slips into it you know like he almost doesn't even realize that he's doing it at first because he does it to a couple of people, doesn't he? Don't they? In general, they do, yeah. They all kind of like they all kind of talk to someone as if they said something to them. It's like I didn't say anything. It's like oh shit, right? Uh, sorry about that. Like they can't yeah. even control it. Twenty years later, yeah. So it's like he has no choice but to slip into it, and then his patients must freak out on him about like I literally never told you that. What's going on here? How is yeah. he not disbarred? <laughs> if there's a bar for that, I don't understand I... how that works. Uh, but then it, then it cuts over to Jonesy, and he's. Uh, Professor? 
Is that what he yes. is? Yes. Right? Yes, because the kid comes in with yeah, the... With the like, cheated test. And the red old shoes. Yeah, and he tears the test up and he gives him another chance. Yeah, that you had the flu that day. Yeah, that oh that confused me as a kid when I watched it. I didn't get what that scene was going on. Like the kid at the end, he's like, "How did you know? You weren't even there." Is he talking about how did he know that he cheated? I have no idea. <laughs> I didn't get that either. <laughs> it, it was just really because conf- at first I was like, "How do you know that you weren't even there? Like, how did he know you had the flu? But you didn't have the flu. You guys are lying about that right now." Yeah. So it can't be about the flu. So it must be about the cheated test. Which if he's his teacher. How would he not have been there that day to see him cheating? Yeah. How does he have the authority to override the cheated test if he's not his team? Like it's yeah, it doesn't make any sense. There's there's a lot of <clears throat> questions there. Yeah, it, it's a it's a really lame and poorly written way to get someone to like, you know, show like, oh, he's got that power too. Yeah, to like acknowledge it. Yeah, like, like oh, you weren't there. How did you know? It's like that, it doesn't make any sense there. I think we can just sort of infer. Mm-hmm. that since they're friends and i think like a minute later he like reads someone's mind anyway so it's like yeah. why did you even need that line <laughs> uh so yeah jonesy's a teacher uh pete is a car salesman mm-hmm. who uses his like psychic abilities to try to pick up ladies and they're always apparently they're always freaked out by him because mm-hmm. later when he's drunk he's like complaining about that scenario and yeah. it seems like it's something that's been just like wanting to go get the clam yeah, the it's fried just, clams. yeah just just trying to give you the best fried clams and <laughs> freaking out about it <laughs> Beaver, we don't really know what he, he's just at a bar and then he wanders to a payphone and he calls Jonesy. Yeah. And tells him to be careful and then Jonesy gets hit by a car. Yes. Um, Because he saw a vision of Duddits like telling him to come towards him. Yeah. So that's like the whole setup. You don't get all of that information right up front though in the movie. This is no. one of those movies that refuses to make sense <laughs> yeah. until later where they like drop stuff on you. But at that point you're so far down the fucking like pike that you're like, I don't even care about that anymore. Yeah. All this crazier shit has happened. (laughs) I could give less of a shit about why Jonesy walked into the street. Morgan Freeman just mowed down a bunch of aliens in a, in a helicopter with a machine gun. I don't care about the car anymore. Yeah. Uh, But it it just, it refuses to explain itself (laughs) as it goes on until finally, the like very middle of the movie when Morgan Freeman finally shows up. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. And then he tells us all about the fucking aliens. Mm-hmm. But so the the four of them, they all go to this like cabin out in the woods. Mm-hmm. Uh, they apparently have been doing it for 20 years, which seems weird because then they do the 20 years earlier and they're mm-hmm. like little kids. And it's yeah, like, so they like all came out here as little kids. 12? Yeah. Like they all came out here as kids. What, with all of their parents? With no adult supervision? Who owns this cabin? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. is it just in one of their families? And like, like they That would be all, my assumption. Like, that And it, now they just use it? Yeah. Like, if... if I don't, I don't, where is this cabin? What state are we in? I'm assuming we're in Maine because of how quickly they get to Derry and Massachusetts. Because uh, Derry, Maine is like Stephen King's like fictional town where all the bad shit that, happens that's, that's where right. that's where it happens that's it's referenced all over the place um, I'm, I'm glad he keeps it all in one town so i can just avoid it i mean it's not a real town i know i'll oh. still avoid it <laughs> just in case <laughs> so they go to this cabin and they you know they get split up so there's beaver and jonesy mm-hmm. and pete and henry yeah separate pete, pete and henry went to the store yeah and they, they get in a car crash mm-hmm and then Jonesy and Beaver are sitting there at the cabin with that fucking with a with a guy who shows up all covered in like alien junk, all covered yeah. in like alien fungus. Right. 
Right, because they were out hunting. Yeah, they were out hunting. They see this guy with fungus on him. They bring him in to like keep him warm, and then it turns out he has some sort of horrifying alien growing inside of him. Mm-hmm. Alien parasite that comes out your bum. Yeah, and it makes you really gassy, mm-hmm. uh, which was such a, like, again, I'm 100% certain that that's, like, part of the book. Mm-hmm. And I also understand the concept of, like, if it's coming in through, like, say, if, if it's coming in through your mouth. Mm-hmm. And it, like, you know, does whatever it does through your digestive system. Mm-hmm. Then I totally get the, like, scientific plausibility of it causing horrible, like, burps and farts. Yeah. Unfortunately, you're trying to sell us a, like, <laughs> horror thriller movie. And this is supposed to be spooky. And the guy just won't stop farting. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, my God, he's farting. Like, they don't even play it as, like, it's okay. It's okay. I mean. they it, Like, they do it for him. But then mm-hmm. the movie still follows them as they're going, like, oh, Jesus Christ, give me some air. Oh, yeah. God, we need some. We need a hazmat suit. Like, yeah. they're still playing it as jokey farts. And it's like, this is an alien invasion movie. Cut it out with the farts. The only time it's funny <laughs> is when Pete's drunk. Yeah. And he's yelling at the lady who's like laying there unconscious. I think she's dead at that point, but yeah. it's like he's just been sitting there with her and he's just like, it's like, oh yeah, you just need to save up your energy for those horrendous farts. <laughs> and he like yells it at her. So one time it's like, okay, all right, but it's not worth it. Cut yeah. all that out of the movie. No yeah. need for that shit. Again, probably works okay in the book because you're not literally hearing fart noises. You know, you can just read. Fart noise. Yeah. That a fart occurred and you don't, yeah. you're not sitting there in your head like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it just, you read it and you keep moving. So it's, it turns out like at that point in the movie, you don't know so much. It's literally, it's just like, so there's mm-hmm. these guys. I don't even know if we've gotten the flashback scene of them saving Duddits yet. I th- we may have at that point, but they just keep okay. like cryptically talking about this friend of theirs. Yeah. And then aliens show up. And it's so unconnected. It's so weird. The whole beginning of the movie with the psychic powers mm-hmm. and uh, talking about their friend Duddits and all this stuff, it seems like it's leading in a totally yeah. different direction. There's no foreshadowing of the stuff to come, like of what literally is about to happen in the movie of like, and aliens fly out of people's asses and Beaver gets his face eaten off and Jonesy inhales a whole bunch of spores and takes an alien person into his mm-hmm. brain. And, and it's just like, whoa, we were all just hanging around drinking beer one scene ago. Yeah. <laughs> and now all of a sudden it's a literal alien invasion. Morgan Freeman rolls up in a helicopter and now the the whole game has changed. Yeah. And, it, and not even in like a really clever way of like, oh, I thought this movie was going to go like this, but they totally flipped it and they went this way and it was really cool. <laughs> and this one, it's like, okay, I clearly see where we're going. What is that? It, yeah. Are those aliens? Where did these aliens come from? <laughs> Did you have any clue there were aliens in this movie? I had no idea there were aliens in this movie. (laughs) Um, When they found the guy. Yeah, Rick. uh, The hunter. Mm -hmm. And they brought him back to the cabin. Obviously, like, I noticed the his stomach moving and yeah, like, something how his was wrong chest with was, him. Yeah, there was something wrong. Like, it was mentioned that, you know, his chest was huge and now his stomach is huge. So clearly it's moved. And I was like, okay, so... It's gonna like turn him into something. Like you didn't this, see something coming out of him. I was thinking like takeover from within sort of situation gotcha. because of the like growth mm-hmm. thing. The, yeah, like, yeah, the whole the, spores, the, the fungus stuff yeah, the, that grows on everything. The that, the Ripley. Yeah, I do like that that they call it that after that broad from that alien movie. <laughs> That's funny. But I also am watching this after having played the game The Last of Us. Mm. 
which so deals it's more with of a like, zombie esque kind of thing where it like takes you over and makes you into something that mm-hmm. will attack you, and it's not just like no, we use you as a host. Yeah. That. Like like a really gross version of Alien, where instead mm-hmm. of bursting out of somebody's chest, it comes out their ass. Yeah. Uh, which, completely faithful to the book. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the book, which was admittedly by Stephen King. He said he wrote it on, under the influence of a shitload of Oxycontin. Oh. Because of the, uh, the car accident he was in. Okay. The year before. Because he got fucking nailed by a truck. While out on a walk. I heard about Maine. that. Yeah. And it was just like horrific. It shattered bones, nearly killed him, but didn't. And so during recovery, he was he was like, Well, I guess all right. So that's why mm-hmm. Jonesy gets nailed by a car <laughs> in the movie and the book. Makes sense. It's sort of like a, a, a reference to that. But yeah, the the <laughs> the the lunacy of the alien creatures and the way that they work um is clearly just like just him throwing shit at the wall, just like, ah, fucking, and then fucking they'll come out their asses. Alien, yeah. Alien slugs. <laughs> yeah. And shit weasels. Um, it's just so fucking There's, weird. Weasel is a good, well, they're worm-like. I think they call them worms. I mean, they call them, uh, Morgan Freeman calls them shit weasels oh, right. when they're explaining everything. But yeah, right. Duddits calls them worms <laughs> at the end. Like, one worm will destroy the world and all that. Mm-hmm. So... The alien comes out of the hunter, Rick. Right. It kills Beaver because he has a horrible fixation on those toothpicks and he mm-hmm. can't not have one in his mouth. So he's leaning off the toilet. They have it trapped in. Yeah. So then it punches up and knocks him off the seat and fucking eats his face. Yes. Um, so After then, eating his hand. Yes. Like his fingers. That was nuts. Oh. <laughs> the <laughs> fact that it just like, swah, like yeah. snaps at him and he's like, what happened? And then he looks at his hand and his fingers are gone. Yeah. <clears throat> that I, was pretty good. That it, yes like horror movie style like oh holy shit yeah that was that was a gross moment yeah um so he gets eaten and then jonesy instead of getting eaten the one of the aliens like explodes into spores mm-hmm. and he like inhales its essence apparently uh, yeah and it like takes over his body so jonesy is in <laughs> The memory warehouse. Yes. Which, which is a physical place in his mind. In his brain. It is so weird. It's like. Is it's, that like his like extra special power? Like, I get. I mean, that's my assumption. So. um, God, It's just like trying to get through the goddamn plot of this movie to explain everything to get to the end. So I can finally. So we can just try to work out what the hell was going on. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> because there's clearly. Apparently there was a plan in place all along. And I still can't quite figure it out because that that that's sort of like the whole thing with this movie is that it's like, you know, there's that scene mm-hmm. early on with uh, Henry and Jonesy where he's like, I don't know why I don't know why Duddits pulled me out into the street to get hit by that car. Like, I don't know yeah. why he led me out there to get hit by the car. And Henry's like, oh, maybe there's more to the story. And we don't know yet. Yeah. And it's like, OK, so it's like there's something that's been going on around these guys that they're not fully aware of. And they're kind of mm-hmm. just like playing their parts, apparently. Yeah. It was just weirding me out because I was like, I felt like this movie made sense when I was a kid, (laughs) at least to a certain extent. Like as silly as it was, it felt like it at least made some internal sense. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I guess I just wasn't thinking about it hard enough as a kid because now it just makes none. None at all. One of my notes is just what the fuck. And then the next note is what the actual fuck. That was when the whole first 
alien out the butt happened. Oh, yeah. And then what the actual fuck came when it turned into a big alien. Yeah, it didn't turn into a big alien. That big alien was there. Oh, that's right. And the wormy one like slid up its leg that's and was hanging right. out with it, whatever. Right. There's something about that later that bugs me in terms of just plotting that seems really dumb, which is again a part of the whole like, what the fuck was the whole plan in the first place <laughs> if there apparently was one? So Beaver's dead. Jonesy's taken over by the fucking other alien. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Henry is coming back to the cabin to try to find everybody because, you know, he knows shit's going wrong or whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, and he well, no, he was he going senses back to, he was going back to get the snowmobile. Right. To, to get help to come back. Because they Pete. got in the car crash. Right. Cause because Pete's of hurt. the lady. Yeah. Because lady lady makes him crash. Pete gets hurt. Henry goes back to the cabin to go get the snowmobile. Whatever. Pete, in the meantime, gets attacked by another one of those weasels, mm-hmm. um, which absolutely should have bit his dick off. If absolutely. it bit off Beaver's finger, then it bit off Pete's dick. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and the absolutely. way he says, 100%. like, he's like, oh, oh, Henry, he tried to, or Jonesy, he tried to bite my dick off. And I was like, he did bite your dick off as yeah. far as anyone's concerned. The way it moved, it was exactly the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. and it goes yep. at him and it like, it, no, it, no, it doesn't even just snap at him. It latches onto his junk oh, yeah. for like a minute straight until he humps a fire and burns it and it runs away. And it's like, yep. it ate your dick at that point. That's it. It's yeah, over. You don't have a dick no more. <laughs> it's just, Sorry. it seemed weird that it. It just didn't when because I'm absolutely certain that's not how it goes down in the book where it's like (laughs) Pete gets up to pee and then the weasel jumps on his dick. (laughs) Like, I'm sure it's much different than that. I don't even know if that exact sequence of events happens. Um, But like in the movie, it's like, okay, so it's like it's leaping up at your junk. That means it's I I, I thought about it for way too long. I'll just put it that way. (laughs) It did not need to be thought about this long. (laughs) So. Henry goes back to the cabin and he finds the worm and he finds that it's like all covered in that or he, the whole cabin's covered in the 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 Ripley. Yeah, it's, he finds, it's starting to overgrow everything. Yeah, he finds the beaver is dead. He finds the worm with like on on the bed with a clutch of eggs. Mm-hmm. And he like shoots the worm and he goes to burn the eggs but then he sees some other eggs that have already hatched. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. But then it winds up not mattering anyway because he just burns the whole fucking place down. So it's like, oh, okay. I mean, at that point, I really thought they gotta... were going to be gone, you know, like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. But then they all just come out from under the bed and he burns them anyway. So it was like, oh, okay. I guess yeah. he got them all. So Mr. Gray mm-hmm. is the alien thing that's in Jonesy's head. Yes. Uh, and he is taking Jonesy so that he can get to the reservoir mm-hmm. for all of like Boston's water supply or something. Yes. And he's going to put a worm in it. And for whatever reason, not even that I'm complaining because it's like it's space alien nonsense. I wouldn't Mm -hmm. understand it anyway. But like if you put a worm into the water supply, then it'll destroy the whole world. Like eventually, not just like in an instant. (laughs) So the worm hits the water and the whole world explodes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But like it's horrible for the world if the worm gets in there. So he wants to get a worm into a baby worm. Or I guess it has to be a baby worm. Otherwise, he would have just thrown that one in there immediately. You know? I mean, I think he was waiting. It seemed like he was waiting for it to just, like, crawl its way in. (laughs) Which, I mean, come on, dude. Yeah. Take some initiative. (laughs) Seriously. So he wants to get a worm into the water supply. This just sounds so fucking insane. Just saying these words. (laughs) Um, A worm in the water. Yeah, so a worm in the water is worth two in the worm. Uh, (laughs) So so there's this worm. (laughs) Um, Jonesy wants to get it into the water and he's basically just like hitchhiking his way to the reservoir. He keeps like getting a ride and killing the person who's driving or whatever. Mm -hmm. Jonesy's in his head 
hiding information from Mr. Gray. He's not really doing anything else. Yeah. He can't like affect anything from inside Jonesy's head. He uh he did get the phone call though. Oh yeah, Henry. he was able to no, he made the phone call to Henry. That's right. From the like safe space in the warehouse where he's safe from the monsters. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so he's just up in his brain and Mr. Gray is driving them out there finally he gets a Mm -hmm. cop car and he's driving them himself yeah Uh, and he's got a dog that he has implanted with the worm so that he can get a worm out of it and Mm -hmm. or no he makes the dog eat the meat that's tainted with the ripley so that it grows a worm so that he can put the worm in the water which like as much as i hate again like the dog dying in movies and shit Mm -hmm. it was like okay well i mean i guess i guess that's what he needs he needs an organic host to yeah to, to get the worm to put it into the water so i guess it makes sense until we got to the end of the movie, and I could have thought of this earlier, but I didn't. Um, but we got to the end of the movie, and the dog thing happened where the worm comes out of it, and it's like, oh, yeah, okay, so the dog's dead now. And I was like, oh, yeah, well, I guess there was no other way. Except that worm at the cabin yeah, that he just left behind to leave eggs for Henry to burn. Why didn't he bring that worm with him? Why did he need eggs laid at the cabin? That wasn't going to help anybody or hurt anybody or take over the world. Apparently getting into the water supply was his plan the whole time. Why did he just bring that worm with him? I have no idea. <laughs> it was ridiculous. <laughs> like, why, like yeah, and, and like, because it would hang out with him too. Like the dog he has to like drag around because it's like it's, sick and horrible. The yeah. worm would just like chill on his shoulder the whole time. Like yeah. why, why would he <laughs> opt for the more difficult thing? Didn't make any sense. I don't know if he wanted to like help spread the worms quicker. In, but I mean, in appara- that apparently, worm area. Like, just like apparently, worm in reservoir equals game over. So why do anything else? And so Henry and oh god, we've barely we we haven't even scratched the goddamn Morgan Freeman part of the movie. Oh, that's right. So <laughs> there's the whole blue unit. Yeah, blue unit. So while all of this bullshit is happening, <laughs> more bullshit is happening. <laughs> Uh, and Morgan Freeman is playing Colonel Curtis, which is one of those goddamn silly little things that they do when they change books into movies. In What's the his book, name in the book, in the book, his name is Colonel Kurtz, which is a very specific reference to Apocalypse Now, where uh, Marlon Brando's character is Colonel Kurtz. So it's like it's a mm-hmm. it's an homage. Yeah. Apparently, changing the format from being a book into a movie, they thought it was too on the nose to have a movie character named Colonel Kurtz. Named after a movie character. I guess that was their point of view. But they changed it to Curtis. And it was like, the whole point is that he's kind of fucking insane like Colonel Kurtz in Apocalypse Now. So changing the name kind of like robs it of that a little bit. But whatever. So Colonel Curtis and his little buddy, Tom Sizemore. I guess his name is Owen. Yeah. I don't know if that's his first or last name. I don't recall any other information about him other than he had a father at one point that he carries a picture of. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they call him Bucko? They call everyone Bucko in Blue Unit. I thought he was just calling Tom Sizemore Bucko. And I was like, everyone's got little fucking nicknames for everyone in this movie. It's really annoying. And then throughout the movie, fucking uh, Curtis keeps calling like all of his dudes in Blue Unit Bucko. Oh, and I was like, right. is that their term? Because like he, he, he makes the guy recite their rules. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we are not a normal military unit. We will not use our ranks. <clears throat> you know, so yeah, he's. Or sir. Yeah, so he's boss, mm-hmm. not sir. So I guess instead of saying like private or whatever they are, mm-hmm. he just calls everyone Bucko as his thing. But That's, super annoying. Yeah. Very stupid. <laughs> Agreed. One hundred percent. His unit is in the town right outside where the cabin is. 
and they know about the alien invasion. Like apparently mm-hmm. they crash landed and they know about it. His team's been on the hunt for aliens for like 25 years. Yeah, they've been fighting ETs. Yeah, for 25 years. And so this happens. They go out. They quarantine the town. They have a bunch of civilians locked up because they have the Ripley on them. Mm -hmm. One of his soldiers lets a lady through the checkpoint. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it turns out she had Ripley on him, so she shoots him. Sorry, she doesn't do anything. <laughs> and uh, the kid lets her through the the checkpoint. So as punishment, he shoots the kid through the hand. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, he says, "I'm sorry, I lost my temper." Like, yeah, a little, little bit, bit. A little, bit. little bit, buddy. Um, so that was insane. So you know he's yeah. crazy from the start, and that's kind of the point of his character is that he's like out of his mind. Okay. Problem is that. Dom Sizemore isn't any better. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. right at the top, he's like, I will absolutely do everything that you say, crazy person. And you're yeah. like, okay, so this guy's nuts, too. Yeah. And then by the end of it, it seems like the only reason he changes his mind is because Henry reads his mind. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what are your kids going to think if they know that you mm-hmm. killed all these American citizens to keep the the Ripley from spreading? Yeah. And he's like, oh, shit, you're right. Let's go save the world. <laughs> so he's not really a hero. You know, he's just an accomplice to the hero. Yeah, and he dies and nobody cares. But he's driving Henry to go get Duddits, mm-hmm. grown up now, to come help them because, you know, he, they've been thinking about Duddits a lot recently. Mm-hmm. And they they think there must be some sort of connection here. And so they go and pick up Duddits, who is Donnie Wahlberg. In the weirdest role. I You didn't know that was Donnie Wahlberg? I didn't know that that was Donnie Did you not Wahlberg. see Donnie Wahlberg in the credits? I must have been writing Timothy Oliphant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was Donnie Wahlberg as Duddits. Oh, holy shit. Right? Wow. Oh, wasn't that nuts? That was, that's insane. That's wild. That, it's like, almost impressive, like, it, as a movie to be like, oh, wow, I didn't even notice. Yeah. Like, because like, of the fact. It, it took me a minute. With his role in uh, Six Sense. Six Sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. All right. He's got some skills, man. Yeah. Um, Underrated this, Wahlberg. Yeah, this one is just, it runs that fine line between a really good, it, it <laughs> it's that fucking gag from Tropic Thunder about you never <laughs> go full retard. And so sitting there and watching it, it's super weird. The character it is. itself is super weird. I, I like, have questions about that. Exactly. But keep going because they involve stuff from the end. Right. But I mean, so they go to pick up Duddits, who is, you know, at this point, uh, he's dying of like leukemia or something. Mm-hmm. The the way that he talks as Duddits is like one fucking step above like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's really rough. Yeah. I did it. It's like, come on, man. It's super stereotypical, super like infantile. Yeah. It's like it's it doesn't feel like it's based on a on a real person. It feels Mm -hmm. like it's based on someone making fun of someone. Yeah. Um, even though you know that that's not their intention in the movie, but you still can't help but feel like, guys, come on. (laughs) You could have done a little better. Yeah, it's it's a little silly. But it just gets even sillier. I, th- I think because it's at that point in the movie, because that's so late in the movie. Mm-hmm. When he finally shows up, it's like hour 45 into like this two hour movie. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, okay, fine. I guess you're in this too. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like there's fucking aliens. There's fucking shit weasels. There's fucking Jason Lee. There's fucking like all this <laughs> shit. Fine. Throw in Donnie Wahlberg as a retarded kid. Who cares anymore? <laughs> um, 
And then at the very, very end of the movie, you know, he's trying to get the worm into that reservoir and Henry comes in to save the day, but he, you know, he, he's out of bullets now because he shoots at the weasel. Well, the, the weasel jumps on his gun. <laughs> yeah, and lands on the barrel of his gun and he just like fires into its mouth and kills yeah. it. But, but there's the- one egg inside mm-hmm. that comes out and it's like it was just born. How does Are it- they born with eggs in them ready to go? I don't understand this alien biology at all. Yeah. And they make no attempts to explain it. None whatsoever. Um, so Duditz comes up. Because at that point, I don't even know what they had him do. Like, he he, he tells Henry where they're going. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. And then Henry's literally like, you just stay in the car, dude. I'm going to go save the world. You've done your <laughs> shit. And he just leaves him in the car. So then when he goes in and he confronts Jonesy, a.k.a. Mr. Gray, uh, and then he runs out of bullets because he's shooting the weasel, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, no, what's going to happen now? And Duddits rolls in. Yeah. At that point, where did you think it was going? I had no idea. <laughs> I was like, I don't like this kid's going to have some sort of magical power mm-hmm. or something like i figured that him as a person was going to do something like i was saying earlier the movie refuses to make sense over the course of like the runtime in the way that you're like okay there's more that i'm not seeing mm-hmm. something eventually is going to come down and be the like keystone to like lot you know it'll be like oh now i see the whole bigger picture mm-hmm. you know, you're waiting for that moment and that seems like it's gonna be it yeah Duditz rolls in he's walking up towards the big giant monster version of mr gray who has come out of jonesy's face i don't even remember what happened it's- he just sort of shows up yeah. but jonesy's still there but now mr gray is also there physically as an alien mm-hmm. so mr gray is standing there Duditz walks up to him and you're like okay here it is whatever is about to happen is going to explain all this shit that just went down. Because it's like, okay, so they meet him as kids. Mm-hmm. He gives them magical powers. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they're all connected over the years. They think about each other all the time. They call each other. Apparently, they don't hang out as much except for the, like, once a year at the cabin or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so they're all together for when this alien invasion comes. Right. And it seems like that's, like, they, they keep mentioning that that's, like, on purpose. Yeah. Or something like uh, that. There was one specific line right towards the end where it's like something about uh, Mr. Gray. He's like figuring something out when he's still in Jonesy. Mm -hmm. And he's like, that's why you didn't have anything about me in your brain because your friend knew not to tell you about me. So it's like, yeah. So Duddits knew that the alien invasion was coming this whole time. And then when it turns out he's an alien, you're like, oh, okay in in the way that it's like well it's like you know it's like if if mr gray expected him to have told them about him Mm -hmm. then i guess it makes sense that he would be from like a warring alien civilization you know like if duddits already knows about the aliens then it's like okay then duddits probably is an alien Mm -hmm. in a human form whatever blah 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 but none of what those guys do helps duddits other than get him to the yeah. place, which makes it seem like they are not important to him at all. <laughs> you know, the whole movie, they're like, Duddits loves us. Yeah. And we love Duddits. And it's this huge, powerful connection. And then when Duddits shows up as an alien <laughs> and fucking <laughs> murders the beast before it can do anything and they squash the the bug and it doesn't get into the, or they squash the worm and it doesn't get into the water. It seems mm-hmm. like, oh, all these friends finally did the thing that they were meant to do. Yeah. 
but none of them do anything. Like it seems like that. It's just thought. Like in twenty years, I'm gonna need a ride. <laughs> so, yeah. so I'm gonna befriend these guys and give them these powers so that they're in the position to give me that ride. <laughs> that feels like what it's about. Because yeah. then the movie ends immediately. He yeah. steps on the worm. He looks up, and it cuts to black. Like, wait, there's, there's no resolution. There's no, like, they don't talk about anything. They're not like, holy shit, that was pretty nuts, right? Yeah. There's nothing else. That's just where the movie ends. Uh, And you're sitting there like, why? Why did any of this happen? (laughs) Like, why couldn't Duddits just do something about this? Yeah. Like, if he's an alien who can turn into, like, a fully functional alien who can do things, because apparently that alien isn't retarded. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, why, why why would it choose that form? To take on Earth. That that is one of my biggest questions. Is like if if this is a seemingly like all knowing alien, like yeah, who can kn- give people psychic powers? Yeah, like it it knows all this stuff that's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Did he not know that this was a mentally disabled person that would eventually get leukemia? <laughs> really? That's like, the word. Like, I mean, I guess that could just be chalked up to bad luck. For an alien to be like, I'll choose uh, this person. And then eventually they'll get a terrible disease. Like, oh, shit. But also, was he inhabiting Douglas Cavell or was Douglas Cavell an alien? Because it didn't he didn't come out the way that Mr. Gray came out of Jonesy and left Jonesy behind. Duddits turned into an alien. (laughs) He was an alien. Yes, he he was. Yes, he was. (laughs) So that means that he had to have like taken his form on or he had he must have chosen or found a way to make a human form on earth mm-hmm. why would he choose a like a, a handicapped kid and not even in a way of like because that would suck but like if your plan is to defend earth yeah for some reason again no idea why we don't know yeah. who this alien is or why he gives a fuck about earth is the only reason he's saving earth because he likes those guys or yeah, was this they, a plan all along? Like nothing. They made a good expl- impression. Yeah, so he's like, I guess I'll stick around and save you guys. Yeah. When the time comes, I'm still gonna need that ride. <laughs> but yeah, it makes no sense. And fucking Morgan Freeman gets his helicopter gets shot down because he comes chasing after him. Like I, I'm almost just too exhausted to even go into his, his the, the the ending of his story. Oh yeah. Because like he gets they 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 call for the general Matheson or something like mm-hmm. that. The three star. Yeah, the three star general. They call for the general. <laughs> Sounds like a fucking insurance commercial. <laughs> they call for the general. He comes in and he's like essentially does the like we'll take it from here bit. Mm-hmm. But they just let him do shit. You know what I mean? They're, he he still is just like, you know what? Um, I still need to use some of my things for about an hour if that's okay. And they're like, yeah, yeah whatever. And then he goes and gets a helicopter and he goes to chase down yeah. Jonesy and murder them and whatever. Which he's not necessarily wrong in doing that. If they wound up failing, he would have been the best backup to basically blow that whole building apart and destroy the worm. Like he probably would have been able to get the job done. Mm-hmm. He was just insane about it. Yeah. But the thing is, is that allegedly Owen went and told the general that Curtis was going to slaughter all those civilians. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand how that isn't like an immediate like you are gone. Yeah. Get out. Helicopter back to Washington. You're going to have to answer for so much. Yeah. And instead, they're just like, oh, by the way, we got this. Uh, mm-hmm. Hang around for a bit if you need to. But just, you know. 
we're good here. Yeah. And that's all they do. It's like he was right. going to murder everybody. Mm-hmm. And he like told his soldiers that that was the plan. Mm-hmm. And they come in with guns drawn. When yeah, the when the, the general ar- shows up, the, the actual army, army shows yeah. up and they're like blue unit fucking <laughs> stand down. Stand down and they're like taking them over. Yeah. And yet they still they're just like, "Oh no, yeah, Curtis, you're cool, whatever. You can come and go." <laughs> you're what? not you're not detained Why? at all for this. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's so funny too. Like I haven't even gotten to any of my notes because it's literally just like what the fuck was even happening yeah, in this I, movie yeah still trying to figure that one out like i've got a bunch in here like this movie there's so much slack-jawed gawking <laughs> so much so many scenes there's literally just somebody walking into a room in their mouth going like <gasps> mm-hmm. and they're just staring at something that we're not seeing and then eventually it'll turn around and show us or sometimes yeah. it doesn't yeah <laughs> but just so much slack-jawed gawking i did love Damien Lewis hamming it up as Mr. Gray mm-hmm. with that British accent. Yeah, you know, that was great. I, that was really wonderful. It's a great choice, and it's, like, clearly the guy who has had the best role in the movie because it's like, oh, man, you get to do a bunch of shit. <laughs> so you get to do a bunch of different shit. And you're, like, in the whole movie. Yeah, really. It's like you're technically both the bad guy and the good guy. It's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Like, yeah. that's dope. I, I, I like Tom Jane a lot, too, so I was glad he was in it mm-hmm. as Henry. Jason Lee and Timothy Oliphant, obviously, I love both of them. Yes. So it's like it's it really is a stacked cast. It's a shame that they're so horribly. Yeah, that this is what fucking comes out. I wrote it's it plus Stand by Me plus Aliens, like that's the movie. Yeah, uh, because okay. that fucking kid Beaver, the kid version of Beaver, when they show him and he's sitting, you know, he's got the mm-hmm. dark glasses as well and everything. And I'm like, this is just Richie from It. <laughs> this is the same character, the smart mouthed, dark glasses wearing little shit yeah it's like it's the exact same goddamn character and then there's that shot when they're looking for the girl and they're walking on the train tracks and they're coming down from the train tracks mm-hmm. i'm like that's a shot from stand by me yep it's like all it's just a whole bunch of old stephen king shit <laughs> splattered into this movie and then there's aliens on top of it yeah did blue unit seem completely ineffectual to you in terms of like not being the best of the best absolutely they were no men in black yeah, because <laughs> they I just I wrote like, why are these lifelong alien fighters constantly surprised by mm-hmm. what the aliens are doing? Yeah. He has apparently been hunting and not just any old aliens, but these aliens. Yeah, these specific ones. Because he says, like, oh, they're doing that trick where they're using the gray boy look, you know, the the alien, the mm-hmm. cool, friendly looking alien look that isn't what their real form is. And I've seen their real form and I know it's horrible. You wouldn't want it dating your sister. What a yeah. fucking line. <laughs> um, but then when they're flying in to kill them and you start hearing the voices of like, we, there's no threat here. Do not hurt us. Mm-hmm. And Colonel Curtis is like, whose radio is that? And they're like, it's not a radio, it's them. And it's like, how do you not know that yeah. they can do that? That they can psychically call to you if you've been hunting them for 25 years. Yeah. Like you would Seriously. know this trick already. Why is this a surprise to you? <laughs> Does not make sense. Also, he says that Owen is going to take over for him. He's like, this is my last hurrah. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, you, you'll you'll take over after this. And Owen's like, yeah, totally cool. Sounds great. I have no morals at all <laughs> until someone <laughs> yells at me about it. It makes me feel bad. <laughs> so when they're going towards the quarantine thing and they're going to walk through that, like, warehouse full of infected people, mm-hmm. Curtis says to him, I'll show you things you I'll show you things you wish you'd never seen. If he's supposed to take over for him, how has he not been briefed on this before? How is he this green? Yeah. And he's supposed to be the leader literally like 
after this is over. Yeah, once this is done, he takes over everything. Like, And he doesn't know about this part? Yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> it's, it's, it's nonsense. And not even really truly in a way where I would be like, you have to see it to get it. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, you'll sit and you'll watch it and you'll be like, why did you tell me to watch that? Yeah. <laughs> we didn't. We didn't tell you to watch it. I'm yeah. going on the record now. <laughs> Go watch some like clips on YouTube. Find the weirdest scenes. And mm-hmm. then I'm sure they're out there. Yeah. Just- uh, and you'll get the gist of it. There's really no need to watch the entirety of this movie. <laughs> and because, like, again, like the first like maybe like 20 minutes or so just seems like it's setting up. Like, it seems like it's very much like it's setting up a Stephen King story. Mm-hmm. But it does not feel like it's setting up the story that it winds up getting to. Yeah. <laughs> it, it it goes so far off the rails. I don't know if I even have anything else. <laughs> yeah, that damn purple book. I mean, I, I, I almost want to read it again because I remember liking it more. Um, I remember that Beaver dies like the exact same way, essentially, as the movie. Uh, but Pete does not just get eaten by a giant version of an alien. Okay. He, uh, you know, there's that moment when Mr. Gray is like <laughs> using like a force arm at Pete and he starts like ah, mm-hmm. on the ground because mm-hmm. he's got all that Ripley stuff on him. Yeah. Like Mr. Gray has like a control of it and he can kind of like contract it and like squeeze it gotcha. and like hurt you. And in the book, uh, I think Pete mouths off or some shit or whatever, or he out- yeah. outruns his usefulness or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Gray crushes his skull with it oh. by like flexing it and like <laughs> and kills him That's... and it's super gruesome and cool and in the movie it's kind of lame <laughs> yeah um damn that, yeah like as much as i didn't want the character to die because yeah. i loved him in the olive <laughs> that would have been a lot cooler to see yeah i mean it's not like it would have helped anything there's so much wrong with it uh, yeah it would have just been one more moment of like uh, yeah in a movie full of uh uh, huh? uh, what? What? But why? And on those uncertain notes, uh, I think that's going to do it for Bob Gorn for dinner this week. This is Jeff and Kelly. I got to pee. <laughs>